Uh, this week's guest is John Reynolds. He's known in the F3 world as Snooky. He's currently, as of 2024, the Nantan of F3 Cape Fear. F3 Cape Fear is where dial-up went under the log with the guys doing the GTE 44 down there. We talk about that, and John gets to tell his story. Snooky got his name by, yeah, you guessed it, he grew up in New Jersey. But through his wife, the Lord called him down to Cape Fear, and that's, that's where he's working now. And he's gone through multiple leadership uh, positions in F3 as uh, a site queue, comms queue, second FQ. Now he's a Nantan down there at Cape Fear. And he was also the nation queue of maps from 2022 to 2023. He loves those statistics. He's going to talk about that. But he's also uh, going to tell us just his story, man, a story of a high-impact man uh, who loves men and trying to bring them along to be better leaders. We talk about trying to uh, retention and what goes into maybe keeping guys coming around after they post for the first time for an F3 workout. So if you're an F3 guy, you should really like this episode. Welcome to the High Impact Man podcast. High impact men from across the nation sharing their stories of inspiration, encouragement, and hope. Gosh, seek transformational relationships. Now, what you're hearing from the culture is not right. Pick up the six, you know what I mean? But you never know who your six sometimes is. Stop being less help others become the virtuous leaders they are called to be and that our nation desperately needs. All right, here we go with another episode and another high impact man is joining us. His name is John Reynolds. You know him as Snooky down there in Cape Fear. He's the Nantown down there now as part of uh, something called F3. F3 stands for Fitness Fellowship and Faith. It is something that I'm a part of. My name is Nevin Gorky, and F3, we all get a new name, and my name is DFib there. I'm joined, as always, by Troy Klinger. His name is Dial-Up, and Dial-Up, I get to talk to Snooky today. Did you run into Snooky down in Cape Fear? That's what I was going to ask him. Were you, uh, did you do the Grow Rock? I did, and, you know, I still look at the roster and see some names, and I think, you know, we may have said hi for a hot minute. Right. Yeah. Um, but that, but that, you know, just being in our home region and all the work that we had to do, um, right. didn't get a chance to spend as much time with some of the downrange guys as I would have hoped. Just please tell me you weren't in the red platoon. I was in white platoon. Okay. I was <laughs> with uh, slaughter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm always like, man, I hope he wasn't in my <laughs> platoon. And like, I don't remember yeah. the name. Cause like, uh, you know, we should at least, at least talked a little bit during, uh, during that piece. Exactly. So, good. All right. Yep. And you're the Nantan down there now, right? I have the wonderful fortune of being the Nantan, yes. Since, now, we, uh, we, we we usually pass it off at our Christmas party in December, so it's been since mid-December. Really? So huh. so you weren't the Nantan when the Grow Ruck was there in November? November, yeah, Veterans Day. Correct. So, no, it was not. It was uh, Kramer. I was the second, F, um, second FQ in RSLT, but uh, Kramer was the Nantan. All right. Well, we're starting to talk well, about F three already, so let's uh, let's back up the truck. Well, here. I was just going to say before we jump back, yeah. the, before we back the truck up, beep beep beep. Uh, shout out to your guys though for putting that on. I have no point of reference because that's the only grow ruck I've ever done, uh, but it was an awesome event. I uh, really really enjoyed it, and uh, I I can't can't imagine like the work that you guys put in to get ready for that. Uh, but it was an awesome event, and uh, so kudos to uh, to your packs for for putting that event on. Sure. Yeah. All the guys really rallied together and, and I'll, I'll relay that message and, or they'll hear this and, yeah. uh, and, and they'll, it'll bring them joy. Thanks. Yeah. My, my only uh, recommendation would be if you could maybe kind of hold off on the rain the next time. <laughs> uh, if you guys, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> it was kind of funny cause I mean, it's, it is generally a sunny place down here and you know, the 10 year a few years ago was a great celebration. Yeah. But it was also overcast like the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, couldn't couldn't just a few days of nice weather. But, you know, I think everybody was saying afterwards, even with the GT, if it was gorgeous weather, it wouldn't have been as much fun. Yeah. Right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as hard. We wouldn't have had the same experience. So we're, we're grateful for the experience that we had. Yeah. I think I've, I have finally got all of the sand out of my <laughs> gloves and my rucksack yeah. that, I, that I used for the weekend it was falling out for several weeks afterwards yeah, yeah. all right now we can move on yeah no problem all right the battleship was amazing it was that's all i could talk about yeah it's all right because i totally ditched you in the, the <laughs> yeah i'm gonna do the podcast live all night 
at like 10.30. When well, was it? I, I, when did did it till, I did it till about almost 11. Yeah, yeah, Uno comes up. He goes, hey, I just wanted to let you know. Defib told me to tell you that he went He went back to the hotel. Yeah, I'm like, I did. what? He totally he, went back. He didn't make it. Any, he didn't even make it till midnight. Yeah, I didn't. Well, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't in the overnight rock. They did get, they gave me permission to walk along. and But I interviewed yeah. all these guys, but then I felt like, then I couldn't get near cop out the guys that were doing it. And I'm like, and then I was kind of lonely because everyone had a job there and I didn't. And I'm anyway, it's all I, good. and lame excuse. I know, I know it, it, I, it is, it is. And I didn't, I wasn't carrying weight. I was just carrying my own water, but my yeah. back was starting to hurt. <laughs> all right. Moving on. Yeah. I, I totally did. He's still not, he's still, he'll, he'll always remember that. Yeah. I totally did. Are we gonna are, are we going to play guess the, uh, how he got his name? That was where I was back in the truck up to. Yeah. Okay. I think this one's pretty easy. Okay, so yeah, I think Cause, so too. Because we do get the bio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Born and raised in New Jersey. Yep. So it's obviously it's obviously the Jersey Shore reference. Yeah, Snooky from yeah. Jersey Shore. Yep. What do you think there, Snooky? That that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah, that was too I was easy. Uh, too easy. I was named very quickly uh, at a very large, like thirty packs, uh, kind of a mini convergence, and they had already named one FNG, and it took a while. And they got to me, and I, I literally, the only thing I got out was I'm from New Jersey. Somebody said Turnpike. They said, we already have a Turnpike. And somebody said Snooky. Everybody laughed, and that was it. There you go. So yep. took, about, took about 30 seconds. Yeah, we've had a couple guys that have a Jersey connection, and we've we've avoided using Snooky so far. Yeah, we have. I haven't even thought of it. Yeah. I don't know. We do I, have, got, I got named yeah. very quickly when I got named. We, we do have a Turnpike, though. I don't think Turnpike ever we came back. We do have a Turnpike. Yeah, I don't think he ever came back. Yeah, but interesting. We did use Turnpike. So, <laughs> yeah, so Snooky, I got to ask you because this is something that um, we just looked at yesterday. Um, if you look at the amount of people that posted at least one time uh, mm-hmm. in your region, um, what percentage of the people that posted at least, at least one time still consistently show up? I know that's a hard question. Oh, you may not know the answer mm-hmm. to it, but. Well, uh, last year we had 498 unique packs post in our region. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually, RSLT just got a hold of these stats. Um, and I think we've been tracking generally for the past, we have like a rolling eight week period. And um, I think we're generally at 158 like 150 packs or so in the past eight weeks. And of those that have posted once, it's maybe about 20 or 30. Um, so it is a percentage, right? Um, you know, we're kind of going into the quote cold yeah. season, right? I have to be careful saying <laughs> cold when it's only 35, right? I know yeah. certainly regions go a lot gloomier than that, but, um, but yeah, we're, um, you know, maybe related to that to that question is we are as an SLT really trying to look at at retention, not just of FNGs, but existing members as well. Yeah. So you so you kind of like are rolling eight weeks for your stats. I, yeah, I, I never thought about doing that, but that's actually not a bad idea to kind of get rid of some of those highs and lows because we kind of look at a week to week. Um. So yeah. I, yeah. Might be something to so from one Nantan to another tweak. Yeah, might be something to tweak in, in kind of our stats to kind of eliminate yep. some of that. Yeah, we were uh, variation that can kind of throw your numbers off a little bit. We look. It looked at ours. We got 134 guys that posted at least once. Now some of the some of that is a little skewed because some of those guys are from out of town. So there's I don't know how many, maybe 10 or so that I'm just guessing. That guys don't mm-hmm. live don't live here, but they right. posted. They were in town for Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, and so they yeah. Came so there's so, so less than one 134, but. Basically, there are 26 guys that don't post all the time, but uh, still consist at least come once in a while. Still, uh, yep. you know that. Much. So, 26 out of probably 120, yeah, or something like that. So, I guess we're what is that about 18 percent, 15 percent, something like that. I'm, we're just curious. Yep. No, I love these quick on the fly challenges. We are, and I'm also a stats guy, so. 207 unique packs. I actually undersold it. 207 unique packs um, in the past eight weeks. And we had 60 who have posted less than twice. So, yeah, it's around a third. Mm-hmm. have posted one to two times out of the 207 unique. So, so it sounds like you're doing a little better with yeah. retention than we yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, your SLT talked about retention. What did you come up with? 
Um, well, a few different things. We, we're looking at the best ways to keep in touch. Um, oftentimes, you know the person going in. So knowing the person who EH them is, and keeping in touch with that person and giving them some guidance is a great way to follow up. Because if, if you, if, you know, if you just meet a guy for the first time, he posts, you get his contact information, you can follow up with him, but you don't really have the personal connection. You only worked out together for 45 minutes. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, we're really trying to rely on the goes on the guys that know these new packs mm -hmm. to do the follow-ups and, you know, well, what do I say? Well, you know, just, just tell them this, you know, don't overwhelm them with, you know, the next six days schedule, right. And all the, the millions of options you have just say, Hey, like, you know, well, how about I meet you here the next week? Or, you know, what are you thinking? Do you, you know, would you want to do this in a few days next week? You know, just simple, low barrier to entry questions um, just to get the guys coming back. Um, and then we're, we're also finding that the um, just any sort of second event, second F event, whether it's coffee, um, you know, as immediate as parking lot coffee um, to something just down the street at a, you know, Starbucks or something like that. Um, anything like that just seems to hook a guy in, um, in a very positive way. Do you, do you guys, uh, do you, do you get your contact information and like get them a Slack invite generally like right away after that first, first post or kind of hold a little bit? Slack invite. Yeah. We try as soon as possible. Yeah. And, and that's actually one thing we're tracking. So, um, you know, I think if, uh, and you know, if, 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 I think listeners are fairly familiar, right? There's also a nation Slack channel. Yeah. I'm fairly active on that. And there's a lot of really good discussions happening um, in the channels there about, you know, retention and methods. And um, for those also in sales, the idea of, of um, you know, it, it, it sounds kind of weird, like calling a PAX a lead, right? But it's the same thing that salespeople do with yeah. potential customers They've been doing it for hundreds of years, right? You you get introduced somebody, okay, you you know who they are now. Then you you know, you you see what they're interested in, right? You know, they 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 show some interest, they post two times, then the next week they post three times, right? Then you get to know them and you see they have leadership qualities, right? You know, you, you start to see all those things. It's really no different than what they've been doing in, in sales industry. So if you take that approach, but in a a much simpler way you could say okay this new guy just posted and um let's get his let's get his name and phone number and let's track when he posts next um has he been invited to slack did he accept the invite to slack and um you know any other tidbits that we can find right so if, if we can hit like those four or five points um, you know, we usually have some success with retention, yeah. right? But if, but if he posts the guy who EHism, the, who EHism never hears from him again, or he doesn't join the flag, you know, every, every missed chance there is a, you know, a day farther of losing him. Right. And, you know, um, there's always the hope you can keep everybody. It's probably not realistic, but, um, you know, we try. That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we kind of do a similar thing. Uh, you know, I we we try to get everybody on Slack right away. Yeah, and the, and the reason the reason why I asked the question is sometimes like I wonder like do they feel like like holy cow like these guys are aggressive they're trying to get me like to join the cult right away. Yeah, you know, on the very first day, and is is it better is it better to kind of wait and maybe just make sure that that guy invited him the first time is just following up with him and then like get him on, you know, two or, you know, two or three posts into the process. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really see an issue with getting them hooked right away and get them hooked up with Slack and, and getting their contact yeah. information. I, I just feel like sometimes like guys, I think I get the sense from some guys. It's like, you know, Holy cow. Like I'm just like signing in blood that like, yes, now, here's the cool. Now they're going to be spamming me. Right. They're going to be texting me all the time and I got to like sign up and now they're going to have my email because I joined Slack and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah. I never thought of that. You never thought that way. My brain doesn't work like that. My, I'm like, yeah, if I come, I, I'd like people to like invite me to things. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 
So I, you may be right. I'm not. I, I, I have no idea. Like, yeah. I can't say that we yeah. have the stats to study. If but, I were to show up yeah. as an FNG, I would, I would love it if people would show an interest. Yeah. You know, hey, come here. Let me show you this. this is where we communicate. You could check out what we're talking about and stuff. You know, yeah. Stay abreast yeah. of what's going on. Well, yeah. yeah I don't like know. a lot of uh, like a lot of popular or uh, populous suburban areas, right? A lot of times, this is another guy in the neighborhood where four or five guys in the neighborhood are already posting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So in that case. You know, anybody who just met him just kind of says, you neighborhood guys take it, right? Those neighborhood guys may have a text list. So, you know, they'll keep in touch that way. And, um, you know, again, from a from a larger regional standpoint, you hope those neighborhoods just continue to grow and bring the guys out to the different workouts. Yeah. Now, how many AOs do you have for F3 Cape Fear? Currently, I have 36. Um, we were kind of bitten by the expansion bug after COVID. Right. And um, that's around where I joined in 2021. Mm-hmm. And we were up to, I think, just north of 50. I think maybe we were 51, 52 weekly workouts at one point. Um, but then, you know, like a lot of regions, we noticed there's a, there was just a, a pullback. I don't know whether it was a return to the gym or, um, you know, just a, or, you know, we had such a, a great swell after COVID that it just kind of normalized out. Whatever it was, you know, we've made the decision over the past year to make our AOs healthier. It was a, a big focus of Kramer to have, you know, healthy AOs, make sure that, you know, at least four or five guys are posting at a workout. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have that for about five or six weeks, let's, you know, put it on the back burner. Guys can always meet. They can always have pop-ups if they want. Um, but it does, it, you know, for the region's long-term health, it's difficult to have, you know, maybe a solo queue here and there, or like, you know, two to three guys just showing up for like a five or six week period, right? Yeah. It puts a little strain on the guys who are trying to hold the site together. Right. Um, we're so proximate down here. I mean, we have a few outliers, but uh, generally at five in the morning, you can get to probably 20 to 25 workouts during the week within a eight to 10 minute drive. Yeah. Yeah. So we're a rural area. So we're not yeah. very populated, but, um, and we have a workout every morning, Monday through Saturday. Although Saturdays we do, we consistently have a pre-run before the 630 beatdown, which is a boot camp style beatdown, which we probably could, it certainly acts as another workout. We, we don't end in a circle of trust yet. We haven't counted it yet, but yeah. we could. But anyway, um, one of the ideas, so we have, so that's basically six different AOs, so to speak, but they're mm-hmm. only one a day. So there aren't right. any, there aren't there aren't multiple options in the day. So we so it's so it's different for like dial-ups are Nantan. He doesn't he could be at and he is at almost every workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do that. Right. And so you you need site cues that you can rely on. Yeah. So what we what right. dial-ups idea was, and I'm I'm gonna let him know. Is it okay if I talk about? That's it? fine. Yeah, go ahead. So his idea was to create squads in our pack since we're not that big and we don't have mm-hmm. separate AOs with, with site cues. We developed squads and we broke it into f- like four different, four squads, four squads. Yeah. Four squads. And, um, each squad has a squad leader who's somebody that's not in the SLT. So that gave us an opportunity. So basically like a site queue, but, um, but in, those squads now have squad leaders and it's an opportunity for guys to have leadership experience mm-hmm. who, <clears throat> who yeah. otherwise wouldn't have it. And we're hoping that that can start to motivate some guys to do more, you know, invite. So EH, for those who don't know, is emotional headlock. In other words, we invite guys to come. And so we're hoping that instigates a little bit more EHing uh, in the squads because that could be a, a competition. Competition among squads. Yeah. Competition's healthy. Yeah, because yeah. the squads are going to be at the same beatdown for the, for the most part. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that kind of thing. So I don't know. What, more to follow. We just... He asked me to oversee the squad, so I'm just yesterday put it out there to the packs. I broke up, broke us up into squads and picked the squad leaders. Well, Dial-Up had uh, final approval on that, but anyway, we did that, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, like you have one location or a general location where you meet six times a week, we have like six or seven of those geographically that will meet you know, say between four and six times a week. Yeah. Right. And we've, um, 
Um, we've had kind of informal groupings to those. You know, it was at one point we were calling them kind of subregions, um, but then we settled on on using them as areas. So we have an area queue for like four or five of these areas, oh, yeah. and they manage each about like six or eight AOs. They're not all at the same location, but they're all fairly close, right? So we've got, you know, downtown, South Beach, North. Um, we have the alignment that way. Yeah, cool. So, and as you were talking about, you want healthy AOs. We talked about that last night. Like, yeah. should we op- you know start another AO on a Saturday? Well, Saturdays are our our average uh, large largest attended beatdown, but on average, and that's when we get thirteen, fourteen guys out. The other ones are probably average um, anywhere from a five a.m. beatdowns on Tuesdays and Thursdays that could have one to three guys or four guys, but they consistently at least somebody's there. Yeah. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is more like five to eight guys. So the Saturday one is the one that, but, but why split when we only have like 13 guys? Yeah. So we don't right. want to take away, because if you split at 13 and say you split it in half, now you only got six guys. I think the, and you guys, you know, give me your opinion, but I think that the potential to uh, get the leadership experience is greater when you're leading 13, 14, 15 guys, as opposed to leading two guys or three guys. Yeah. yeah. You really have to do, what works best for you. I've seen uh, Fort Worth guys do this really well. They have a really popular Saturday. Um, it's their original AO in Fort Worth on a Saturday morning. And they know they're going to get like 40 or 50 guys. Yeah. So instead of posting or, you know, publicly saying we're going to have two workouts or we're going to, you know, instead of a seven o'clock time, we're going to have a seven o'clock time and an eight o'clock time. They just let 50 guys show up. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of the queue has another queue lined up to help out, right? right? And they immediately split into two groups. One does a little bit more running and goes farther out. You know, the other maybe you know stays home for the boot camp, but then they all come together for circle of trust. Yeah, yeah. right. So you, you really just have to do what's what works for you. Um, you know, I heard a lot of the um, techies talking about you know having you know any region will have a queue sign up sheet. It's usually built for only having one queue, right? So, you know, if you have a thing where, you, hey, if your Saturday workout is that big, you have two queues sign up and you just do the same workout, but it's it's just, a, you know, one guy doesn't have to try to lead or scream over 50, right? Yep. Yeah. Our thing in rural Pennsylvania is that, you know, a little little Danville here, right? We have like three different three different locations for, for our six beat downs that we have during the week. To launch another AO that's like, in, in an area where guys would go like in, in most F3 areas, that'd be another region, right? You know, the distance, the distance to the next town is, yeah. is, is what would end up being a whole other region in a, in a lot of the more metropolitan areas. But right. for, but for us, right. It's like, that's another AO, but it's 30 plus minutes away potentially. Um, yeah. You got to go past the, the cow pasture, the football field, yeah, take a right at the barn the, and the, uh, <laughs> the big oak tree, take a left. And uh, anyway, exactly. I, I know, I know the basic area that you're in. Um, I didn't say it in the bio, but I did. I did my undergrad at Lehigh. Oh yeah, in yeah. Bethlehem, and then I've lived in Hazelton, and I've worked in the the mecca of Frackville, New Jersey. Oh yeah. So it's it, oh, it's in that whole New like uh, yeah Frackville. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Frackville, Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah. Frackville, so that whole Frackville, um, really. Yeah. Like like eighty one seventy eight yes. yes. triangle. I've I've been around. Where did you work um, in Frackville? Uh, believe it or not, in in the good old days of uh, do you remember when you used to buy a stereo? You would buy those big rack units, oh, right? Yeah, with the big wooden speakers. The bigger the better, those wooden, baby. The, those wooden speakers were made in Frackville, Pennsylvania. Cool. And that was my my first job out of out of college working for Sony. Nice. Uh, 90, 93 to 97. I got, my, I got my first stereo in seventh grade, brother. Yeah. 1979, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Something like something like that. Yeah, the big rack stereo. The funny thing was, is like yeah. the stereo, the components itself was like a very small part. It was like just, it was like a bigger case that it sat inside to make it look bigger. Exactly. Right? It was a big hollow box. And they charged a big hollow box. Time. Yeah, but, but man, big it was speakers. Cool. You know, my two, the two, so it was a turntable. And, yeah. and an eight-track player. All right, so the turntable. I got two albums. Eight-track player. All right, the two yeah. albums I got. Guess what? The two albums I got in 1979. <sighs> Probably. My uncle bought me these albums. 
Your uncle bought you these yeah. albums. Uh, the Boston, uh, Boston. That's a good guess, but no. Yeah, I, I was thinking John Denver. I'm no, trying to think how far back we go. Like I was thinking, like ACDC. No, 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 no. So this is my was uncle. My, my like uncle. 80s? This is the disco era. Oh, geez. All right. Bee Gees? Dancing stuff. No, Saturday but, Night Fever. But it's close. But I got Barry Manilow's Copacabana, <laughs> which, by <laughs> the way, had a lot of good songs on it. Yeah. Don't diss Barry Manilow's Copacabana. There's Barry some good Mays songs. All right. Yeah. And the Hall Eagles, the Eagles, the long run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I played those two albums over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember what first album I had. Hmm. I remember. I thought I was something. Yeah. I remember right. my first cassette tape. But yeah, well, so, you know. Billy, Billy Joel, Glass Houses. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. That's and, 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 and Bee Gees. Oh, you had the, you had yeah, the, I can't the remember what the name of the album was. but yeah. uh, so um, Anyway, we should probably really get into our guest and yeah, I know, let him I know. tell his story, so, right? But, you know, li- living. This is more, so, this is more been like stuff worth trying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one of those other podcasts. Uh, so, so it's, uh, <laughs> you know, Lehigh, that was, uh, that was on a hill. I spent a night in Lehigh. Yep. I don't remember it very much. But anyway. Um, yeah, so they're very populated compared to where we are. We're in Danville, which is probably 30 minutes west of Hazleton along right. Route 80. So, yeah. Anyway. I only go to Lehigh for the Pulse Short Invitational, big cross-country race. Oh, okay. It's on campus there. There you go. A lot of hills, right? Uh, like gradual. It's not, it's not super hilly. It's like gradual. Lehigh on a, on a hill there, Snooky? Well, the oh, ca- yeah. Well, the camp- well, where the cross-country course is out by the stadium. And the yeah, athletic complex. Yeah. That's not. That's not. They, they purchased. Yeah, their athletic fields and the stadium and the arena are on the other side of the mountain. It's completely flat and wide open, yeah. big valley. All right. So you know, I never even asked him how he grew up and all that stuff. We haven't got to that yet. I know. Let's get rolling. Let's do it. Let's have yeah. him tell his story. So tell us how, what was life like in Jersey, man. What was life like growing up for you there? Uh, it was fantastic. Um, born and raised there in 1971. So. Uh, if you know New Jersey, it tends to be fairly regional. I was in uh, North Jersey, specifically North Caldwell. Um, years later, famous for uh, being the location of Tony Soprano's house. Oh. Uh, and also, the uh, I think the Unibomber back in the day struck there. So it, it kind of put our, our little town on the map there for a while. So you weren't um, too far from the city, were you? No. Again, no traffic get in there in 20 minutes yeah um you know as you know as a teenager going to the go to the meadowlands a lot mm-hmm. um devil's games um nets games you know for better or for worse um you know just drive in spend five bucks on a nosebleed ticket and uh you know you got the, the best sports in the world in the tri-state area yeah cool so, um so when you're growing up did you play sports were you athletic I, I did. Um, I always wanted to play football. My father, probably more the wiser, looked at his lineage of consistently five ten, five foot ten inch men, mm-hmm. and said, um, "You know, although there are the outliers, right? You know, hey, live your dream if you really got the the God given talent. But um, probably playing football long term wasn't in my future. So, um, you know, soccer in the U.S. in the late seventies. Yeah. You know, Pele coming to the U.S. It, the it really hit our area huge. I, you know, I, I probably saw half the Cosmos games that they ever played in New Jersey. We used to just go all the time. Yeah. So, so seeing that and you know feeling that you know you're you're part of this big movement. I mean, soccer really took off in our area. Um, I would play that. I mean, I, I would play uh, baseball was probably the second up, second one up. Um, I would play basketball, but I was never really that good at it. Um, I would play tennis, um, things like that. So yeah, generally, generally pretty athletic. I would probably, I played probably at least two sports a year in high school. I took the winter off. I didn't do anything with in the winter. Mm -hmm. All right. Should we, should we talk about our love for playing against teams from, (laughs) from New Jersey and our soccer coaching? (laughs) That's all right. This is the seventies. I know. Well, after that, (laughs) they didn't even have girls soccer then. Um, yeah, wait, travel wait. travel meant going ten minutes west to another county. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah back exactly. then for us. Yeah, he and I both coached uh, travel teams and uh, we coached girls teams and boys teams. But uh, yeah, they didn't even have girls soccer back then. But yeah. anyway, um, and did you did you play any sports in college? I did not. Uh, the closest I got was uh, 
me and another guy met at the bus stop thinking there were tennis tryouts. You know, we had our gear. We were waiting for a bus. We were thinking we would go to the other side of the mountain for tryouts. Um, either we were at the wrong place, but, you know, hey, the both of us were there. How, the both of us read the thing wrong? You know, maybe not possible. But uh, the bus never came. We never did tryouts. Um, I think by that time it was maybe one in the afternoon. We probably went somewhere for a drink and, and then I uh, never did the tryouts. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I, I I hung up my, my cleats in high school after um, after senior year. All right, cool. So then when you got involved with F3, were you in decent shape or were you, was it a struggle when you first showed up? Yeah. So, uh, I guess fast forward there, I was, um, just shy of 50. I guess, uh, I'm trying to do the math and not doing a very good job of it. Yeah. I was, I was just shy of 49. So it was March. Um, sorry, just shy of 50. I was, it was March, uh, 2021. And, my first post was early that March, and then I turned 50 later in the month. Um, I mean, I I had always kept in generally good shape, um, family genes, good metabolism. I could always, you know, play tennis or do pickup basketball, but I just really, it was short on time for staying in consistent shape. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't really considering what I was eating, it kind of made sense that if I eat too much and I don't fit my pants anymore, that I should probably start eating less mm-hmm. um, and, you know, take general care. But I didn't really have any, I wasn't seeking any fitness programs um, or, you know, a real good regimen of being in shape. Super busy with work. Um, was raising three kids with my wife and just really prioritized other things over doing that. Mm-hmm the maybe one of the the better things that happened probably in my late 30s or early 40s was a an indoor soccer arena was built like a a training facility Mm -hmm. and they said they were going to have men's leagues but at that point i hadn't played in like 20 years but one of the guys is like let's do it i'm like i don't have time for this it's probably gonna be saturdays it's probably he's like no 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 the games are Friday nights at 10 and 11 p.m. Huh. And I'm like, well, perfect. It's literally the only free time I would have ever had, right? It's almost like now, like 5.30 a.m. is really the only, you know, some of the best free time that I have, right? So, um, you know, those Friday night games. And so I did I did indoor league, and that was a lot of fun. And that, that got me back in shape. I kind of, you know, to run around indoors for probably an hour straight. You know, the next game, if somebody needs another player, then I play for another hour, it's two hours straight. So, you know, th- that kind of got me back into into good shape. But it really wasn't until I started posting here in F3 that, you know, I really got back into the shape that I would consider good shape. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, and it didn't seem like it took you long before you ended up in some different types of leadership positions. Yeah, so... Um, I guess it wasn't that long. I mean, um, I started, I, I mean, I started posting three days a week consistently. Um, because since I hadn't been doing much else for my fitness, that was really the only thing that I had. And, uh, you know, I was mostly doing boot camps. Didn't think I liked running. I would do it a lot individually, but, you know, New Year's resolutions or whatever, do it for a few weeks. It would always tail off. Um, but then I started to, you know, run with the guys and it was always fun. You know, it's, it's fun, much more fun running with eight to 10 guys than it is running solo. Um, at least for me. And so, um, you know, started doing that. So all of a sudden, you know, boot camps three days a week with run days, two days a week, all of a sudden I'm posting five days a week. So you can get in pretty good shape when you start doing F3 workouts between boot camps and runs, Yeah. you know, for that much time. And then, um, I had, I had already been on, a decent diet plan. I was following the Mediterranean diet. I had done that to alleviate some issues I was having with, uh, with neck stenosis, which is, a like an infl- in inflammation of, um, the, uh, spine around the neck that will tighten up on nerves and cause some pain. So, you know, I was already on that diet. So then adding the fitness element 
you know, it kind of notched it, notched it up a level. Well, I mean, that's interesting. Did the Mediterranean diet help your neck? Oh yeah. Because it, you know, well, have you tried, have you been on any sort of diet where you either cut a lot of your sugar out or you cut a lot, a lot of foods that cause inflammation? Well, sort of, sort of kind of trying. Um, my, my goal mostly is to eat lean meats, fruits, and vegetables. So I try to avoid things like mm-hmm. bread and pasta and, right. uh, yep. you know, stuff like that. So the vegetables or the carbs I'm trying to stick with would be the ve- stuff you get from vegetables and some fruit and, uh, like a baked potato, but not a, not a, like a, as long as you don't deep fry a potato, right? you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I'm not a hundred percent consistent with it, but, um, but we have a, a text group here in our packs with basically four guys that are involved um, that uh, we call the fat boys club. So we weigh in twice <laughs> a week. The fat boys club yeah. weighs in twice a week. Today was a weigh in. And I know when my weight's going up, I could tell because, well, well, I had more bread a couple times this week. And so we weigh in on Mondays and Thursdays. And I was like, yeah, wasn't a good weekend of eating. I had a big pasta yeah. meal at a restaurant, that kind of thing. So I'm not great with it, but that's what I try to do. Um, does that sound about right? Lean meats, fruits, and vegetables? Yeah. and Okay. Yeah, so probably around 2018, 2019, probably my peak weight was around 195. And then just doing Mediterranean with barely any fitness at all, I got down to around 180. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, just dropping that weight by changing my diet was a huge improvement. And that's why I asked any, anybody who's, who's intentionally dropped the sugar or um, moved toward the low inflammatory, anti-inflammatory diet, you will just feel different. You will just feel you know, kind of looser, just kind of feel some of the, the joint aches and things like that go away. And, um, you know, with some, with some chiropractic care, um, a lot of the neck issues did eventually go away. Oh, I, I could get into that. If I, if my joints feel better. There you go. Yeesh. Yeah. All right, cool. So, um, you were at one point, I th- saw that you were the nation's queue of maps. Yeah. Was that from like, 22 to 23 or something like that yeah it was around the summer so you're the guy who's in charge of putting the new dots on the map that kind of thing yeah so the um it 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 really just came from me being inquisitive about how things would work because i guess the long story short is i i always love stats i grew up playing like stratomatic board games with my dad you know and this is again this is you know, decades before, you know, AWS stats and, and, you know, all the, the stat heavy, you know, money ball and, and all that sort of thing. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, loved it. You know, just, um, it was a time and you guys can probably relate, right? You wake up in the morning, you get the newspaper, you got the box scores, yeah, you're reading yeah. stats, you're seeing who's hot, their batting averages. I just, I ate that all up. And it's funny, it, it's, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not going to say it's in, in hindsight, uh, an opportunity missed, but I really did wish I pursued something in that type of sports statistics career because I just absolutely love it. Right. So how's that applied F3? Well, I was looking since I was from New Jersey and I was, you know, totally on fire for this program. Um, right. I mean, there's at, at one point there's, I think there's like 770 weekly workouts in North Carolina and there were 17 in the entire state of New Jersey, right? Yeah. Both states have the same population. So I was trying to, and there was no real way to see when uh, when pins were added to the map. And so I just I just asked somebody, I said, hey, does anybody know, um, you know, is there like a, a feed or some sort of account or some data somewhere that says where they're added? Because if they're added, then I can tell somebody back in New Jersey that's, you know, hey, something just got added in Summit for example, right? And um, they were like, no, why do you ask? I'm like, you know, and I told them that very reason. And then, you know, like a week later, I get a direct message from from Bada Bing, who had just took on the nation IT. He's just like, well, I'm I'm looking to, you know, I'm looking for somebody to totally run how the maps work. And 
I'm like, well, what do I have to do? He's like, well, I don't know yet. <laughs> so we, you know, okay, we kind of, um, you know, looked at some, a lot of information that was provided from some of the guys who had originally set that up. And um, I had also, had, and, and I wanted to, there was a way I wanted to, once I found out all the new locations and new regions that were being added on a regular basis, I wanted a way to promote that to the public. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I asked if something was okay, which, you know, in the F3 world, you know, the response you always get back is, well, read the lead. Yeah. Right. So I said, cause my idea was I wanted to have a Twitter account that just pushed out the update. So I started the F3 near me Twitter account, which would based on that data say, Hey, you know, three, eight, you know, three new locations just launched in, in Pennsylvania. Oh, you know, Hey, now we have, now we have F3 in Minnesota, right. You know, just, the stuff that will, you know, help people discover remotely, you know, not where I am, because, you know, again, I'm, I'm in a region with, I was in a region at that time with, you know, 45 to 50 AOs. Um, it's tough to not know about us down here, right? But in, okay. in different parts of the world, if we really want to extend into different parts of the country and the world, then we have to, um, you know, promote um, where we're expanding to. Um, and then a, a short time later, I, I'd envisioned being able to say, well, just, you know, based on your location, find the nearest workout near me. That's where the, the name came from. And then out of nowhere, backslash from Boise, Idaho, who's a, a super guy. I haven't met him in person yet, but super guy. He's a tech whiz. He's a, he's a real modern internet developer, uh, internet developer. Uh, web developer type and he had this thing already ready and I said I said hey you know would you mind if we just kind of slapped my label on it and you run that side and I'll run the promotion side he's like sure let's let's see how it goes and so now you know that's the the website that's associated with that and it's um, you know a lot of guys have responded to it which is great just being able to say hey you know I'm traveling or I'm a new guy mm-hmm. you know without looking at a huge map with a thousand pins on it. Just tell me where my closest workout is and I'll try to get there. Yeah. Cool. Dialup's a stat guy, aren't you? Yeah. I gave you a follow on Twitter. I hadn't, I didn't realize you guys had that Twitter account out there. And so, uh, yeah, yeah have to check it out. And, and like the, the actual pins on the map, like that, I, I assume that's automated, right? You put all the information in, you put the, you put the, uh, the coordinates in boom, flag, yeah. flag goes on the map and, uh, yeah, color coding based on the day yeah. of the week and everything you input. It's a really basic process. Um, all the Nantans are equipped with the links. The links are actually on the public website. It's when you go to the maps page, it says go to the map change request form. Yeah, right. If you, maybe you're not looking for it, you might miss it. Um, again, kind of the some of the side projects we were working on that to make it more intuitive. But you know, you put in a new request, it doesn't go on the map right away. Um, somebody does review it for a few basic things. And then um, once that gets approved, it goes up. And, and again, anybody can make updates, and it goes through the same process. Yeah, um, gets up on the map, and right, that's where you can find it. Yeah. One one other comment there along the lines of the of, of things you were just mentioning, man. Jer- Jersey, you said there was like seventeen back when you had looked, but man, Jersey seems to be really exploding right now. Yeah. We got some connections yeah. to the guys at F three Princeton. Um, we've yeah we've combined with them to do the. Yep the Blue Ridge relay. And, uh, so you have friends with a bunch of them on Facebook and Twitter and it, like, every, it seems like, you know, constantly like they're adding new AOs and, uh, yeah, know, I see that I see their family picks after beat downs and like numbers are growing. So it seems like F3 is really catching, catching hold in the Jersey area, which is cool to see. Right. Right. I mean, you know, if, you know, a lot of guys I know from different parts of the country and, you know, always the joke is, Oh, I've been to New, new Jersey once I flew into, I flew into Newark airport. Listen, flying into Newark airport is maybe it, it just, it, it so does not. No, it's, that's closer to a New York explain city. Explain yeah. for New Jersey. Yeah. And plus yeah. you're just dropping in the middle of a, of a transportation hub. Right. Uh, right. Again, you know, where I lived right down the street was the national equestrian center. It was farms and farmland and farmland and horse tracks and horse pastures. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you don't see that when you fly into Newark airport. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, New, New Jersey is. I'm, I'm super excited where some of the expansion is. And again, even though I've been down here for six years, I still feel like I can help 
because I've got 45 years of family and friends who I grew up with who are still there. Right. right? So, you know, you tell me there's a guy in, in, you know, you, you, have, you have somebody interested in starting something in Point Pleasant. I, I immediately have like five or six phone numbers, right? I can, I can send along and try to get something going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, think I've, I think I've spent some time on just about the entire New Jersey coastline. Yeah. Different yeah. beaches up and down the, you know, from Cape May all the way up to whatever the furthest north is. I don't know. But, Sandy Hook. Yeah. It is funny though, like Jersey, everybody has this image like that it's, it's all like metropolitan area, right? Or it's, it's beach. But I, I know my dad hiked the AT uh, two years ago now, three years ago. I can't remember. Yep. Anyway, like he, he said, like the Jersey section was like some of the like one of the nicer areas, like uh, yeah. you know some of the mountains yep. and the and the areas that he was through. I'm like, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, I was, he goes, I was pleasantly surprised. At, like, did he see the, all the, the bodies section. that are buried there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he saw any bodies. He didn't. No. Okay. Uh, they must not bury not him there. bodies, but he's, yeah. oh, he didn't go past any landfills then. No, no landfills. Okay. No, they, it was like a nice area. He said. <laughs> All right. So what, what what got you down to uh, to Cape Fear? Was it your job? Uh, well, so I I had already been working from home for a few years. I I work as a um, uh, I guess as a a tech a, a VP in tech, you could say, for a small consulting company. We do um, online collaboration, intranets, um, forums, things like that. So I had already been working from home. Uh, my wife, uh, was a teacher. So again, if she could, she could work anywhere. So, and, um, you know, just get certified in the state where we, so we, you know, we, we hadn't really thought of moving, but, uh, to be perfectly honest with you on, on her side, it was really divine intervention. She had really just been pulled saying, you know, God is basically saying something is waiting for you in North Carolina. There are, there are bigger opportunities. I have bigger plans for you. Um, and that really just started getting the wheels going. Um, you know, really as, as far as, you know, um, faith journeys, both of us were, are raised, um, you know, cradle Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, but really we had that kind of baptism of fire later in life. She had it first around in her forties and, um, you know, that led to, her leading youth groups and being more involved and me kind of, kind of tagging along to be, to be honest with you. Right. So, so when this happened, I said, Hey, well, let's, let, let's see where it takes us. Maybe, I, maybe I wasn't that, uh, say gung ho about it initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but as the opportunities started to fall into place and the people we started to meet when we were looking to move down here, you know, really, you know, the, the touch of God is really the only way to explain it. Wow. Cool. Um, how, how has been being a part of F3, uh, helped you in your faith? It's helped me. Um, it's helped me maybe fill some leadership deficiencies and faith deficiencies that were kind of like blind spots for me. Um, so, you know, in, in many cases you think leaders are, you know, you, you know, they're maybe they'll, they'll drop some nuggets, right? A lot of wisdom, they'll talk, they'll be ever present. Right. But there's a lot of behind the scenes leadership that happens as far as, you know, empowering guys and lifting up guys mm-hmm. and especially being in uncomfortable positions. Um, and then especially with your faith, like some of the things can really, you know, you know, test your faith and, you know, how do you deal with it? Right. Do you, do you let some of your preconceived notions, um, you know, uh, overtake what somebody right in front of you is, is saying to you really from the heart. Right. And, you know, you know, maybe 10 years ago was a little bit more, um, immature. I would probably just dismiss it and, you know, not really put much, time into what that guy is saying to me but you know now I'm you know um you just have the opportunity to go you have this common thing in f3 you know it really accelerates your ability to to have a deep conversation with somebody about faith or a deep conversation with them about how they're doing um you know and and what they may need in their life and how you can help Mm -hmm. right and and 
you know, even if it's just, you know, hey, can you can you call me tomorrow so I make it to the next workout, right? So, so you know, we always say, you know, faith is just believing in something bigger than yourself. And I never really, I would just, you know, kind of pigeonhole it as a as a religious aspect of my life, yeah. right? But now saying that there's so much more to faith, it's really kind of opened up um, so many more opportunities uh, to build relationships and build community. Yeah. Nice. That's a, yeah, well said. I, you know, I think, and and you have a leadership position at work, so I'm sure F3 has helped you as as leading at work as well. Right. It has. Um, I'm kind of laughing because um, I've talked to a number of guys, you guys met met steak knives um, when you're down here for GT. If you guys have said it right, you, 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 it's almost impossible to not apply, um, F3 principles and sometimes even, you know, directly again, directly Q source mm-hmm. principles in your, in your leadership. Um, some, when you, one of the, one of the best shows you guys had is when you had, when you recently had dread on, I don't know if you've had them on multiple times, but the one you had on last time was, was fantastic. Um, you know, and he was talking about, um, how, you know, most times you think about handing over leadership, you're hesitant to do it because you know the next guy can't do can't do it as well as you're doing it now. And that's not the point of passing <laughs> off that leadership, right? Yeah. You should you, you should basically know that almost immediately or within the first few months or however short amount of time, they're only gonna be about a seventy they're gonna maybe be a 70 or 80% as productive as you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that may not be sustainable in business, but it is, it is okay for a free workout program, right? right? Because the whole point is you want to build, it's, it's, it's the perfect training ground to yeah. build that leadership skill up for when they're in a position where, you know, a life is on the line or, a, you know, a, a deal is on the line or something related to business, right? Where it can really help them. Um, you know, stay, you know, stay calm, stay focused, um, stay confident, stay courageous when they have to, you know, make a decision that's going to impact a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. We had dread on twice. So that was, that was it just the original time. And then the one that you're talking about, but yeah, it's always great hearing from him. Yeah. He he also helped me in that episode. He he revealed um, because around that time, I was, I was right in the middle of training for GTE. Mm-hmm. And I know again, at, at like, you know, 52 years old, I needed every bit of training yeah. uh, that I could get. Right. And he was talking about, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. He goes, you know, we would just, we would have a grow ruck without any training. Yeah, and he's nice. like, you know, we, we just uh, throw on 50 pounds and try to see how far we could walk. And then the next week it was 60 pounds. And we actually tried that stuff here. We, we, we did those super heavy rucks in training. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helped us. Yeah. And then he, he also kind of scared you though, when you, when we, at, right. You asked him, I think the, what's, what words of advice do you have yeah. for, for dial up as far as you yeah. know, being prepared and what he should be able to do. And like some of the numbers he spit out, I was like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty yeah. tough. I don't know. Maybe I'm not ready. I thought I was ready, but maybe I'm not ready. <laughs> you did just fine. Was that the only GTE you had done snook? It was. Yeah, I I had even just gotten gotten the the rucksack that previous March. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it's all about um, kind of being open to other perspectives. I had with my neck injury, I didn't think that it would be good for me having a something around my shoulders like that. Yeah. Um, even even when I was diagnosed with the stenosis, I, I just had it in my mind that well. It's, I'm probably never going to exercise again, or I'm probably never going to do this again. And, you know, the chiropractor was like, no, you, you need to move as much as possible. Um, so I'd never really thought rucking was in me. And then, you know, here I am six months later, I'm going out like three or four times a week, um, you know, throwing it on when I'm cutting the lawn, mm-hmm. throwing it on when I'm walking the dog, right. Just the, every little bit. And, you know, what, what seemed really hard when I first started now is, you know, now I'm looking around the garage to see more weight that I could put in there. Uh, so it's cool. like you, you just, you keep on building up that stamina. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell you what was amazing at the grow rock. I, boy, my, my pre premature onset 
uh, dementia and Alzheimer's is hitting me right now, and I'm forgetting his name, but like, like he he was from your region, but like he literally like signed up, I think, the night before. Oh, that was yeah. We had yeah this guy Nomad. He had yeah, um, he had a borrowed rucksack, and someone gave him yeah. a bladder. Like he didn't know like what was in this bag. He didn't know how anything worked. And well, I I will up your game. He attended the battleship workout mm-hmm. from seven to eight. And that's and when at he signed 30 up. over coffee, that's when he decided to go. And we got all the materials for him in the late morning and early afternoon. And he was just in like sweatpants and a sweatshirt. And of course it's raining. And so like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, holy cow, like he's got to be miserable. And like the sweatpants have to weigh a ton, soaking up all the water. We had to be about 30. And we're like, we're like going through his bag, trying to figure out his bladder. And eventually we got like, we got it filled up with water for him. And I think we got the mouthpiece working and everything like that. But uh, it, it was, it was like. Man, like I prepared all this time. This dude's doing it on a whim. Like, let's <laughs> he go. He had to be young, right? He did great. Yeah, he was a younger guy. He's probably, I don't know, maybe late 20s. He was 42. Oh, he was 42? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was, yeah. thought he was younger. Yeah. But, but he did awesome, man. He did He did great. Good job, Nomad. Yeah. And now he's a psych Yeah. Really? I'm not, I'm oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, he's, he's really grown. He's, awesome. he's, he's invested. Well, tell Nomad he inspired me during the Grow Ruck. Cool. Uh, I will. Because I will he, chop he did. that note right now. Yeah, let him, let him that's know. That's kind I was, of uh, I was inspired by his courageousness of just showing up not totally prepared and and just battled through it and like never never faltered like he was strong through the entire night that's a that's what gtes do right yeah guys come out and the next you know they become leaders yep i wouldn't know but anyway that's what people say (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure your chiropractor would have been agreeable to you carrying a log though that's kind of well um it was it was funny because in training for it, as I said, I, I just needed every every minute of training I could get. I did do 75 hard leading up mm-hmm. to the GT. And like, you know, literally I'm on the table like a week before. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk. We'll do small talk and this and like that. And he's kind of poking and prodding around. He goes, have you been doing something different like the last month? I'm like, yeah, I'm training for this insane, crazy weekend that I'm going to have in about two days. Mm-hmm. And I uh, described all the things, um, you know, almost like, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you tell your parents when you were younger, just enough, yeah. <laughs> but you don't really tell them the whole story. Right. right. And then, uh, you know, afterwards, you know, once I confirmed that I did survive it and I did come out of it injury free, then I told mm-hmm. them the, the whole thing. He's like, he's like, well, he goes, you know, you know, good on all you guys who, who finished that sort of thing. So really, really pushed, uh, you know, probably the most physically, exhausting thing I'd, I'd ever done yeah yeah maybe i need to see a chiropractor for my, my <laughs> i think my arm is still twisted funky and like out of, <laughs> out of alignment or something from carrying the log all stinking night it's carrying still didn't feel log. right feels like it like hooks funny or something like that <laughs> i don't know you're a little lopsided i noticed <laughs> yeah. all right uh do you have any other questions for snooki nothing i can uh nothing i can think of Snook, do you have anything you want? Anything else you want to add? Anything uh, you want to share before we uh, ask you the last two questions? Um, no, not really. Just uh, you know, happy to happy to talk with you guys. Happy to talk to you guys for longer than we talked. Yeah. In the GT weekend, which was just uh, again such a it was such kind a of a whirlwind, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. The, the only thing I was gonna, the only thing I was gonna say is he mentioned earlier that his wife felt this calling, I think, to move to the Carolinas, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, and they're in Wilmington, right? It was the beach. The beach is what was calling. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ocean. Yeah, I the know. ocean calling us. I know my wife makes that comment. She's like, yeah. "We really should move to the beach at some yeah. point in life." We live, we live, we live not too far from the one of the best beaches in the entire world, and we, you know, after a while, you just don't go that often. Yeah. Just one of those things. I was excited, but about we it. could. We still did once in a while. Yeah, but yeah. I was on a I was on a flight one time. I work for uh, the, our local healthcare system, and I support Epic Software, which is the electronic health mm, record. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they use it down there at uh, at your your local health system. I was on a flight with somebody that uh, that that worked for their team, and she told me where she was from. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, you yeah. you come down here, you can like live on the beach and like still support Epic. And I was like, ooh, that's that's intriguing. So you work from the beach. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll end up down at Cape Fear. There you go. Yep. All right. It does have its advantages. Supply the callings that my wife might have for the You beach. might have a different time on the beach than you did this last time. That's true. Might be a little <laughs> more enjoyable not digging holes and shoving logs in the holes <laughs> at an exact 30-degree angle or whatever it was we had that at. Yeah. Anyway, let's hit them with the questions. All right. So, Snook, um, you had to pick somebody that was in kind of an inspiration, inspiration to you, a hero, 
somebody from the distant past or currently now or whatever, who would that be? Yeah, I did. I did think about this uh, again, being a, you know, number one listener, the podcast, I did have this one ready. Um, I, I'd probably have to say my high school soccer coach, oh, wow. cool. um, Marty Berman. He, um, he's been the coach of Seton Hall prep in West Orange, New Jersey for, he was in, he was coaching his second year of coaching when I was there in 85. So he's just about there 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of built up the program nationally. Now, I think he was like a, a collegiate high school coach of the year um, this past year. Um, really kind of like a lot of high school sports, a lot of high school sports are almost becoming like as big as college sports these days, as yeah. far as, you know, yeah. notoriety and a passageway to the pros. But uh, anyway, that's the longer story. But um, I just remember that when we would show up for tryouts, um, he would introduce himself, you know, throw his shirt off in the middle of August, right? You know, hot Jersey summer and say, let's get to work. And he would work as hard as we did and essentially practice, you know, wasn't over until he finally said, all right, you know, let's get some water and we're done. He really just did lead by example. Mm. Um, Right. He had the, you know, coaches always will have the right words to say, uh, but I was always drawn to somebody who would show the investment of time, right? So, you know, high school kids, you would always kind of slack at practices or, you know, maybe complain, you know, you're not getting the water break and this and that. Nope. And I just kind of realized what he's doing this at, you know, his age, which probably then was only his late twenties. <laughs> right. But he's, uh, but you know, he's, he's totally busting. I said, you know, five more minutes, let's work on this drill some more, you know, Hey, let's push it. And, um, you know, that sort of, that sort of, you know, uh, less talk, more walk mm-hmm. leadership is something that I've always followed. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, his example was really great, really pushed me, you know, kind of, you know, up, but stuck with me until now. Awesome. Right. So um, it always helps in in the gloom, too. Right. You know, you get to that 40 minute mark of the workout. Even I was running this morning with uh, this guy's sister act down here and and he was he was just dying to know how much more time was left in the run. Uh-huh. He's like, I, I like to know what that end goal is. I'm right. like, well, no, let's just keep let's just keep going. And I said, you know, we only have about two more minutes, but I knew we had about eight more minutes. So, you know, just to start the slow timer going and, mm. you know, we we both kind of hit the 45 minute mark real strong this morning. And, you know, he probably got an extra five minutes out of it that he wouldn't have gotten if he was running alone because he just would have probably pulled up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the thing that, you know, one person leads by example, um, like my my coach, yep. um, you know, the rest of the team will follow. Yep. Lead by example. What was his name again? Coach Marty Berman. Marty, Marty Berman. Berman. Shout out to Marty. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Coaches yeah. have a, a always the potential of a huge that, impact. Yeah, yeah, I always love to hear about coaches that impact yeah. the kids' lives yeah. like that. Yeah. All right. Well, last question then. You know what it is. This is your chance to speak to the men of America. What's your message for the men of America? Uh, message for the men of America is if you are listening to this podcast, you are showing deep interest in this great thing that we have, which is F3. Mm -hmm. And there are always opportunities to share this with someone you know or someone you don't know. And if you have ways and means uh, to do that, take the opportunity to do it because you'll come up short a lot of times. You'll talk to somebody and maybe feel kind of let down that they didn't seem interested or maybe they're you couldn't really convey how, how, how beneficial this is mm. to somebody else. Just keep trying, um, you know, keep spreading the word. Um, and even if you think it's just like, well, you know, somebody's probably already doing this or somebody's writing this newsletter or somebody's, you know, um, talking about it here or talking about it there really don't, don't, don't assume that just do what you think is, is right. And what you think is best. And, um, you know, again, just the, in our 
in our world here um, just to continue to to spread the message so that we can all um, reap the benefits for the better of our families and the better of our communities. Amen, brother. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, great message. Absolutely. All right. So just uh, another episode where we spoke to another high-impact man. Yeah. It's been a good stretch here these three weeks that we've recorded yeah. here in one evening and uh, three great messages, three mm-hmm. uh, great men doing a lot of great things. So, yeah. So, you know, Snook, we got, I, uh, I think I talked to you briefly down there, but uh, I had your name. I have a list of potential guests on the, for the podcast. I had your name mm-hmm. in there since the GTE. So I finally got around to uh, asking you and had an available spot. So thanks for jumping in. Cause I know it was kind of late notice. So uh, really appreciate your willing to give us your time and tell your story to everybody. That's cool. Yeah, it was, it was great talking to you guys. And um, I look forward to you guys uh, maybe coming down and joining me for another little side project I had called Ruck and Yuck, which is an interview style uh, rucking thing. So oh, um, yeah, cool. come down in July, come down in July. You know, the beach is great. Weather's nice. Get yourself an Airbnb, Airbnb and, and, uh, and join us down in the gloom here in sunny Wilmington. All right, maybe I will. Sounds intriguing. Have to have to clear that with the CEO well, first. Yeah, they dude the beach <laughs> like in July. They weren't into the beach and when did we go November. When did we? When was the grow wreck? November, yeah, November eleventh. Right? Yeah, yeah, they weren't too interested in the beach at that time. Yeah, year, no. I think July actually probably better. That's that, that's peak uh, peak tourist season. So come in September. It's, okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the East Coast beaches best kept secret. Best best beach and best surface in September when everybody's in school. All right. Nice. All right. Come so on September down. it is. Good to know. We'll there skip it is. the Blue Ridge Relay. We're running the Ragnar anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Heck with that. Yeah. Come eat. <laughs> we'll do the ruck and yuck. All right, man. Great talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. God okay. bless you, man. All right. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I would like to thank our guests for joining us and sharing their story of becoming a high-impact man. More information and resources can be found at highimpactman.com. If you like this podcast, please consider following us on our social media pages or email us at him at highimpactman.com. That is H-I-M at highimpactman.com. The High Impact Man podcast has a new episode every week, and you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcast platforms. Have a great week, everyone.